but you are reminding the nation that it is a crime for people to live in this rich nation and receive starvation wages. Somewhere I read of the freedom of assembly. Somewhere I read of the freedom of speech. Somewhere I read of the freedom of press. Somewhere I read that the greatness of America is the right to protest for rights. Welcome to 10 Minutes on Democracy. That moment of democracy inspiration was from a speech delivered by Martin Luther King in support of the Memphis sanitation workers' strike. I'm Jason Franklin, Senior Advisor at One for Democracy, and today is Tuesday, October 19th. Moving from 1968 to today, we're looking at a week mostly defined by moments of political theater, but little actual movement or major new developments in our democracy. The first big piece of political theater is news that's also not big news. Uh, The Senate is expected to take up a formal vote on new voting rights legislation tomorrow, which Republicans plan to block. The Freedom to Vote Act, the pared back negotiated version of the For the People Act, would be a major breakthrough uh, for voting rights, as I've talked about many times on this podcast, reversing the range of state voter suppression bills, establishing Election Day as a public holiday, setting a minimum of 15 early voting days, ensuring both same-day and automatic voter registration, prohibiting partisan gerrymandering of congressional districts, and more. However, while Senator Manchin, who helped architect this compromise bill, has said his hope was to find 10 Republicans to join him in overcoming the filibuster, so far not a single Republican has stepped forward. So really, when we see all these news articles about the vote tomorrow, it's because Senator Schumer has scheduled it to force the issue to push the fact and make clear that there will not be filibuster breaking vote on the For the People Act or on the Freedom to Vote Act. It's the next step in the political theater that could either lead to an opening for filibuster reform or to the bill ultimately dying from political gridlock. The other major piece of political theater we're watching right now is the great coverage of every small development, but also the expected glacial pace of the January 6th House investigation. Trump is working to block the committee on multiple fronts and looking into what happened leading up to the insurrection. He's directed his former aide, Steve Bannon, and other White House staff not to testify to the committee or answer any questions in their probe. And the House is now preparing contempt of Congress charges against Bannon. Each moment in this investigation is subject to major headlines, but as expected, the actual progress is really slow. Trump's also working to slow down the panel with a lawsuit. He's asserting executive privilege to bar them from maintaining White House documents. Now, while Bannon stated that he wouldn't testify because of executive privilege, Trump has actually not exerted executive privilege to bar testimony. Instead, his lawsuit is aiming to prevent the U.S. archivist and other Biden administration representatives from turning over documents to Congress, even though Biden has declined to assert executive privilege himself. The lawsuit's outcome um, actually has a bunch of really huge consequences. It has consequences on this investigation itself. How much can the House panel determine about Trump's role in the insurrection? It also will set new precedents about presidential prerogatives and the separation of powers between the executive and legislative branches of government. 
And like we talked about last week, this is another case where timing really matters. Beyond the lawsuit's merits itself and the results of the lawsuit and setting precedent, its other impact is that it's a strategy to just slow the investigation down altogether. The goal is to slow it down past the 2022 elections when the Republicans hope they'll retake the House of Representatives and then they can just end the investigation altogether. On the redistricting front, we're also seeing kind of a slow move. We're seeing more maps moving forward, more draft maps being proposed and introduced and going out to public hearing all over the country. There's fights brewing, particularly around how many or how few majority-minority districts are being drawn. Lawsuits have been filed in Colorado over the districts there. Um, As I mentioned before, the maps that are being drawn and introduced in Michigan largely eliminate majority black districts at both the state legislative and congressional levels, this despite the majority black population in the Detroit area. And so fights even from a nonpartisan commission over whether it's fair or not to remove those majority minority districts. You may make them more fair in terms of a partisan lens or more fair in terms of compact districts, but also remove the majority minority construct which makes it harder to elect people of color into Congress or into state uh, legislative office. You're also seeing uncertainty and breakdowns around independent commissions. The Virginia Commission has failed to put forward a map, and now it will go into the Virginia Supreme Court to draw their maps. talked about last week, the Iowa Legislative Services Agency, the maps that they drew may be overridden by Republicans who now control all three, the House, the Senate, and the governorship in Iowa. So whether these independent redistricting commissions, which for many people offered the prospect of a new way to draw fair maps, really prove out or not remains to be seen. But there's also no big takeaway yet. We're in the midst of the battle, and these battles will be fought through public hearings. These battles will be fought through lawsuits that are hard to track and mostly focused on minutia, but the minutia adds up to having real big political implications. The other thing this week that is kind of a little bit of a breakthrough, also tied to why we chose this speech at the beginning around the power of labor, is in this moment of historic worker shortages, driven by the combination of pandemic responses and outrage over economic inequality, labor unions have been flexing their muscles. In Hollywood, the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, the union that represents the 60,000 plus film set workers around the country, almost went on strike, which could have crippled Hollywood after the loss of so much productivity during the pandemic, before they finally reached an agreement for better labor conditions, guaranteed break periods between shifts, and higher pay. At the same time, thousands of workers at John Deere factories, Kellogg cereal plants, and elsewhere have gone on strike, calling for new and better contracts themselves. How much more widespread this pattern will be in the face of shifting powers for workers as employers are scrambling to fill empty roles remains to be seen. But if unions can continue their winning streak, it may build a new narrative thread about economic inequality and the power of collective organizing into debates on the spending package that's working its way through Congress, into the midterm election debates next year, and more. It's really an interesting moment to see how will the economic realities of the labor shortage play out into the politics of the moment and its implications for our democracy. So something to definitely keep your eye on. But otherwise, we're going to be reading a lot of headlines this week that are recapping the work that's been happening over the last couple months. 
are not expecting any major breakthroughs on the For the People Act tomorrow. I'd love to be wrong and be coming back on next week saying it's been passed. But at the moment, I'm expected to just see a lot of grandstanding and a lot of probably a lot of quiet and very intense negotiations behind the scenes that we won't see yet. So we'll keep our eyes on all of this, but that's it for this week's quick review of the key democracy developments. I'm Jason Franklin. It's Tuesday, October 19th, and thanks for listening to 10 Minutes on Democracy.